Hey folks, it's Sir Richard Wentworth. When you're ready to buy a car, True Car is changing car buying forever. Yes, True Car helps buyers get rid of the fear that they might overpay. Every day, True Car users receive negotiation-free guaranteed savings, and True Car users save an average of $3,221 off MSRP. When you're ready to buy a car, just follow these 3 easy steps. First, Download the True Car mobile app or go to truecar.com to find out what others paid for the car you want. Then register to see upfront pricing information and lock in your savings. Third step is simple. Take your guaranteed savings certificate to the True Car certified dealer for a better, hassle-free car buying experience. Some features not available in all states. With True Car, you can save time, save money, and never overpay. To see how much you can save on the car you want, simply download the True Car mobile app or visit truecar.com today. broadcast network after buzz tv over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries and your number one source for after show entertainment TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing after shows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Right now, baby. <laughs> hey there, After Buzzers. Welcome to another episode of Girls, Season 4, Episode 6, the episode titled Close Up. I'm your host, Miriam Gonzalez. You can follow me on Twitter at Miriam L. Gonzalez, and joining me is my fabulous girl. Hello, everybody. It is your girl, Spicy Mari, sizzling in here, and you guys can play with my Twitter or stroke my Instagram at Spicy underscore Mari. You can also uh, follow us on iTunes, download us, rate us, comment, tell us what you think, give us five stars. We like that. It makes us feel good. Um, <laughs> or not. Uh, you can also um, watch us on YouTube. You can, you know, tell us what you think. Tell us what you think about what's going on with girls. And you know what else we want to hear about? American crime. Seriously, <laughs> I love a good crime show, but you know, this one it's like, you know, what if your son was murdered or your daughter was arrested? It's very um dramatic. Yes, your child frame, where does the truth lie? One crime can affect so many lives in this television event of the year. ABC's groundbreaking new TV series American Crime, which premieres Thursday, March 5th at 10:9 Central. So, uh after you've watched, be sure to join film critic and radio personality Elvis Mitchell, uh, host of American Crime Podcast, and he takes in-depth look at the ABC show. Each week, the podcast will feature a candid conversation with show creator and executive producer John Ridley, the Oscar-winning screenwriter of 12 Years of Slave. That's a great movie, by I the know. way. Such a great movie. So he's going to be joining in the conversation every week. That's pretty awesome. Yes, which is awesome, and along with the, you know, the talent of the show to Discussing the show, the latest episodes, the character storyline, just kind of like what we do here. Sounds like a lot of fun and other timely topics. Go to podcastone.com slash American Crime to subscribe now. While you're on podcastone.com, don't forget to check out other AfterBuzz TV shows too. Especially HBO Girls. Oh, especially <laughs> HBO Girls. Girl! Oh, these girls. Today's episode 
First of all, I love Definitely me. Definitely racy. Yes. I love me. This is my little Shoshana. She's really trying to get out there in the world and establish a career, but she's having like the hardest time doing it because she's only had four jobs and they're more like activities. No, it's not her job history that's making it hard for Shoshana to land a job. It's her big mouth and her inability to just shut the F up. She keeps running her mouth, speaking her mind. If she doesn't like a product that she's supposed to be marketing, you don't tell the creator and CEO that you don't like the name of it. You can't change the product. No, or that it smells like Badusi. Yeah, so, but if you watched her other uh, interviews, she was um, insulting the person interviewing her prior, you know, their wardrobe, or I think their hair, the necklace that they were wearing. Yeah. So she goes on this rampage and just speaks her mind and thinks that this honesty is welcome, but it's not. No, I think when, for Shoshana, she needs to have an eager, she needs to be eager about wanting to get the job instead of sabotaging it the way that she's you been doing. You think she's sabotaging or she just doesn't have a filter? She does. I think it's a combination of both. She's sabotaging it because she doesn't have a filter. When you are first, especially with no experience under your belt, when you first want to go get a job, you want them to know how eager you are mm-hmm. to learn that how how can you contribute to this team here. What can you do on a daily basis that's going to make you valuable in this situation? Enthusiasm. They want you enthusiastic about the product. Exactly. And opening up the smushed rice noodles and saying (laughs) that it smells like Peducey, but dick and pussy, as she puts it, is not exactly the way to land the job. You know? And I think it's just absolutely crazy. I mean, here you have John Ritter, who's playing the character of Scott. He is, you know, he's started his own company. She insults him all the way through. She's yeah. like, you know, is this what you dreamed of doing? He's like, yeah, actually it is. I did, I dreamed of starting my own company with Jeremy and Simon. <laughs> and, and, you know, like, he's excited about his product. You know, Madam Tinsley Soup, which happens to be his ex-girlfriend's name. That's hilarious. That's hilarious. But yeah. what, what I think is adorable is that although she obviously isn't going to get the job, I like that at the fact he was, afterwards, he was turned on by how blunt and open and vulgar she was. I think that that was attractive to him because he asked her for a drink afterwards and Shoshana was like, sure, absolutely, why not? Because that's the the girl you want to date is like that. The girl you want to work with, not so much. Right. With inexperience at that. Yeah, so that, that was that was pretty cute. Yeah, she's she's adorable, and you know, of course, she insults him one more time. She's like, "What do you want me to write this for Holy Shit Magazine?" <laughs> she was on fire in this interview, and I think she really needs to step back and learn from her mistakes in these interviews in order to progress and move forward to get to where she wants. But we find out later when they're at brunch, she's ready to actually take on you know Scott's last name and be you know Mrs. Madam Tinsley and <laughs> collect checks, which that's not a smart idea that young. Yeah. Yeah, well, I think that maybe she's looking down. That is definitely not the path to go. But I do think that she should possibly look into being a critic. What if she's a writer and instead of Hannah being the writer, she's the writer and she's a critic, whether it be for restaurants or books or, you know, she, I mean, this this vulnerability, I'll call it vulnerability, even though it's really just (laughs) absurd honesty, is actually endearing for a business that requires that. But for a business that requires you to be maybe fake and sugarcoat things, and make things appear better than they really are, she, she she can't be in that field. No. She definitely can't do retail either. <laughs> I don't see her doing retail You're at all. You're too fat to wear that outfit. No. She <laughs> Honey, take that work. off. That would I just not see work. that happening. Um, you know, but she does have good qualities about her where 
she just has to figure it out. Mm-hmm. You know, if if we can see her encourage Ray to go into the city council meeting, which we see him right. do today, then she she just needs to find her niche. But we find that Ray goes to the city council meeting, which I think was a really great idea for him. He's very passionate about the honking and the horns on his street, which is making him mad. I wouldn't be surprised if he has to go on Prozac with the way that he's so upset and wound up about it. But it is annoying when you have like all of that outside your window. You're just like, seriously? He can't sleep. He can't think. He can't read. He can't do anything. And I like that he's being proactive. And we see him go on this all-day waiting period in front of city council, only for them to not ever call him. And he went as far as to even make a little display. I thought that was so cute. His model that he made was better than probably like most architects do for like <laughs> big meetings. It was detailed with pictures and cars and how the cars were chaotic on the model. Yes. Like, like they the were all having accidents. For that though, <laughs> you know, it just makes me think that Ray is not applying his energy in the right direction. But at the same time, you know, he goes in front of them. They, they well, they almost dismiss. But he stands up for his rights, and he's like, no, I was on the docket. I want to be heard today. And in the course of that, sees that the council doesn't have it together. They all have their own issues. They're unprofessional. You know, they don't ever get anything accomplished, and they start attacking one another. They do, and I can see how um, how they would want to dismiss the council meeting so early. I mean, you do have a lot of... It's a whole day of bitching and complaining is what it is. And it's a lot of... It's an older crowd. Yes, but it wasn't that they had... That they were dis- they were dismissing it early because the the head person said, "Hey, I have to jet. I have to get out of here early. I have something I have to do." So it wasn't even a professional reason, like, "Hey, no. you guys, we have an event. We're going to dismiss early." It was the main person had something to do, so he wanted to dismiss it. I what I'm what I'm getting at is the fact that you know you have them talking. I, I see that these conversations that they're having are going in circles and lasting longer than they should. They need to take a vote and get something accomplished. Yes, now they I sound like do. Ray. <laughs> I'm like, no, we order. We need this. I object, Your Honor. He's calling, taking umbrage. He's taking umbrage. That's what Ray did. And I like that he did because, you know, he simply says, he's like, you know, the one, the, the one older man, he's like, is it so hard to put lights in the library so he can read? These are simple little things and tasks that they have money probably to do that they're not utilizing for. And if they just take the time to do it, things can be done. Ray's probably all Ray's probably asking for is a turn signal on his street to stop the honking. Right. I have that feeling. Well, they revealed someone's having an affair, someone's stealing money from the budget, uh, someone's an alcoholic. I mean, they just were putting each other out there. Husbands in prison. Husbands in prison. <laughs> so this was the perfect opportunity for yeah. the next light bulb to go on. Ding, ding. And yeah. Ray's head like, hmm, you guys are worthless. I need to step up. And, you know, the first thing I thought of before they showed him at his computer, I was like, he should be a lawyer. Yes. Oh, my God. He would be amazing at that. He would be a great litigator. <laughs> That's what he would be. He would, because he knows how to make a great argument. He knows how to back it up with evidence, and he won't back down. And he thinks he's absolutely right. Yeah. He should be a lawyer. <laughs> he should. But, you know, we see that he's actually going to run for um, the community board chairperson for the district uh, board eight, which I think is great. I think he needs, like you said, to direct his energy in a positive direction, and this is a positive one where he can go and help people. That is that that must be the theme: helping people. The theme of so I kind of felt like the theme. I see where you're saying as far as helping people. I see it more as just two characters a partnership theme. 
I think the overall encompassing theme for this episode was partnership. Because you also, and I think we're uh, going to go into Marnie next anyway, so yeah. I might as well just open up. The partnership right there, the overlying theme of that was, what's your contribution I'm writing all this music, you know, I'll, yes, I'm straddling you every day and making sweet, passionate love with you against the wall, but what are you Ooh. doing other than fixing your bike? They really do have a hot sex life. <laughs> they have a great I must sex say. life. And, you know, she's there sitting, Googling her song. First of all, they were having sex to her song. No. To their song. That was hilarious, but just Marnie's sex life is so freaking smoking hot that she teaches me a new position every single week. Every single week I'm like, mm, I need to try that. I'm going to go home and try that. I liked, I liked how she was straddling him while on the computer. That was that was very sweet and sexy, yet hot. It was affectionate, it was too. Just when you're that comfortable with someone, it, their body becomes your wonderland. And so you can mm. just do whatever you want, when you want, if you want to read on top of them. You know, there's just... I feel like that was very realistic. He could have put a bowl of cereal on yeah. her and just started eating. Like, they were that comfy. And I love that. I love that for them. But we see that they're not that comfortable because they're not seeing eye to eye. The only thing they're seeing eye to eye on is, one, they like music. Two, they love to have sex. And that's it. Well, I think the only thing that they're really disagreeing on is... What did he refer to? The modern American folk with an indie edge was how he described their music. Yes. And she thought that it was she and him. Yeah. Now, I haven't heard she and him. If you guys have heard of she and him, please tweet at us because I'm unfamiliar with this band that they referred to. It could be like a show band, you know, like inside the show. Yeah. I don't know. But <laughs> don't it hasn't been either. a drastic difference for him to be so upset, but they also probably are a couple that sang a lot of love music, and so that's why Marnie was using them as a reference. Yeah. And so he felt like, okay, I can't respect your artistry and writing anymore now that I know that it's on a different page than what I thought we were about. Yeah, and it's because they're coming up to going to this showcase where they can only showcase two songs, and that's where they're finding the conflict of interest on what they want to show. She wants to highlight the music that she's written, right. but he's wanting to show that there's other songs. There's six other songs that are way better. And if they're better, you got to go with the best. And I think that Marnie just is so ready to jump in the spotlight and hasn't put in her due diligence. No, and we see that in in prior episodes where, you know, they did the the jazz brunch. And she's crying. She she's not ready. Make it through a show, woman, before yeah. you decide that your start your song should be, you know, the opening act. <laughs> exactly. Wait till you have like four songs in the showcase. <laughs> and then sing your song, honey. Right. And then sing your song. Right. But you know, he, he she winds up, you know, later on saying that she's incapable of truth and companionship and she pretty much thinks that he's an asshole because they don't see eye to eye. Well she's gonna have to if she wants to make any kind of progress, she's going to have to compromise. That's what it comes down to with him. There's got to be some sort of compromise because without him, there is no her. Exactly. I was just thinking the same thing because he helped her develop her brand, her career, her capabilities, and His connections. start to believe in herself as a singer, even the slight bit, because she didn't know what she wanted to do. She was lost yeah. when she found him. You know, she had a YouTube video up. And, and speaking of videos, her thinking that she has 100 downloads for her one song and that that must mean something. I hope Marco at the record label sees this. I mean, 
That's how naive she is thinking that 100 downloads is a lot. That doesn't give her any credibility when it comes to the downloads of music for a song. Mm-hmm. 100, 100 is hardly anything. We so need she needs to thousands. build her. Yes. Thousands. Speaking of thousands. downloads, download us too. <laughs> yes, iTunes. Download, rate, comment. Tell us what you think about tonight's episode. Yes. For sure. Because it just keeps getting even more and more interesting. And, you know, we see that um, Han- Hannah moved back into her apartment and... Adam has moved in with Mimi Rose. Partnership. So it makes makes me happy, though, to know that Adam was not living with Mimi Rose inside of Hannah's apartment. Yeah, they I, were was, just I was surprised at that. Doing, I guess he gave her, you know, her place back, which I thought was the right thing to do. It is. I, was, I would hope he wouldn't just lose her apartment in, you know, the process of being in this new relationship if he were to move in with Mimi. Oh, hell no. I'd throw down if I were her. So that's he, not cool. So now <laughs> Hannah is living with... Um, uh, what's her best friend's name? Oh, Elijah. He's living with, she's living with yeah, Elijah. She's but, with Elijah. But, you know, with Adam moving in with Mimi Rose, you know, first of all, they've got this, this really cute dynamic. And, and I'm sad to say it because we so wanted Adam and <laughs> Hannah to work out. But I like... It's not over between them. It's not over, it, trust It's me. never over between any of them in this whole situation. But I love the dynamic how sweet he is to Mimi Rose. You know, he goes and he wakes up a little earlier, so he thinks and, you know, makes her breakfast outside. First of all, I love those rooftop um, Yeah, that was cute. When those he lifts her up. decks in New York. I miss New York. Um, but, you know, breakfast outside and, and just really sweet to her. He's really sweet to her. And, uh, you know, we we fast forward a little where they're just kind of sitting there and, you know, he's tinkering with something and he's like you know let's go for a run because that's what he likes to do he loves to run and she is just not open to it she's like no 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 and come to find out she nonchalantly (laughs) nonchalantly says now tell me do you guys agree with this um oh yeah by the way yeah i had an abortion yesterday so i can't run i can't have sex i can't wear a tampon and i can't you know take a bath for a week what what he's like are you kidding me is this a joke now as a viewer that was watching, mm. and uh, I was taken aback. I was really shocked, and I had predicted last week, if you guys remember, that this girl was crazy. I was like, Mimi Rose is probably a little bit off, and we're going to find out later on that there's you know something crazy yeah. about her. And I feel like this was that crazy moment. And mind you, getting an abortion is not crazy, but her being so nonchalant and not telling her partner who she just moved in with, I feel like she's already, what she says is not being a liar, but I still feel, think she's being deceitful. Yes. So, yeah, she did not tell him. She was not truthful about the situation before no. it happened, but her keeping it from him is still, in my opinion, wrong because it's deception. They definitely, first of all, beyond the deception, it is very apparent that she uses this as a regular form of birth control. Yes. Okay. And that is something I have a problem with. Now, these are not the views of AfterBuzz TV. Once again, folks. No. Okay. This Her is the views I. of Miriam and Spicy Mati. Let's do this. But I will say, I am pro-choice. So do you know? So do not do, you know? Do not misunderstand me. I am pro-choice, but I also do think and consider 
that you're taking a life. I do think, I do consider it murder and I do consider it sin, but I also am pro choice. I think that everybody sins, you sin the way that you choose to sin. Yeah. And so that's called free will. And in this particular situation, Mimi is exercising her free will to the maximum amount for the, the fact that she said, I usually don't discuss all my abortions with my partners, but I decided to be honest with you. So I got an abortion yesterday, but I'm not going to tell you how many because that's private information. What? First of all, never ask the question to that of which you do not want the answer. Let's start there. Second. But he did want the answer. And he did. And the reason why he asked the question is because of the way she said it. I don't tell people about all the abortions I have had, which left her open to saying that this is not the first time and that there have been many. Absolutely. And that is, take a pill, use a condom. Do the morning after pill if you need to. Obviously, you're not doing the pull-out method. No, pull pull (laughs) out. The fact that she got pregnant. I mean, I I sympathize with Adam because, you know, he, he does have a big heart. And I think that he at least wanted that option. And just as if he would have yesterday gone and got a vasectomy and didn't share that with her, that's a, that's a decision that you make together, especially when it comes to uh, reproducing and you're in a relationship with that person. It's not like it was a one-night stand and she couldn't reach him. It was, hey, I took it upon myself. I mean, what if they do get serious and wind up getting married? I mean, they're living together now. I mean, he he did, you know, she said that, She's like, I, why should I tell you we've only been dating for seven weeks? I mean, first of all, they moved in together after seven weeks, which we were trying which to figure out. Which is a life-changing out. decision as well. Yeah, and then he's like, well, my parents got married after one week. Now, with that being said, it just dawned on me that he may be a little extra sensitive. One, he really cares about her. He really likes her. And we see that type of dynamic. But Caroline is very pregnant, his sister is very, very pregnant. Oh, great point. And so it's like, oh, well, that's... Look at how happy Caroline is. Look at how normal she's somewhat turning out to be. That. That's a great point. And to bring life in, like, th- what a beautiful thing. And for, yes, for Mimi Rose to take that option away from him, not cool. Well, you, you bring up Caroline. And mm-hmm. she reminded us, which she always does, that... You know, Adam is somebody who likes to be needed. That's important to him. He needs to be in a relationship with someone he can take care of. And he mentioned to her, I think even more upset about the fact that he's not involved in the decision of the baby. I think that he was upset that she didn't confide or come to him in this time of need or vulnerability, which made him feel as if he wasn't important or if she didn't care about him. And that's how he interpret. If you don't need me, you don't care about me. I think Adam sees those as, um, you know, parallel. And so for him, it was, you never need me. You never come to me. You don't invite me to your events. You don't care about what I think about how you look. I mean, what kind of woman are you? You know, that's pretty much what he was saying. Because most women do care about their partner's opinion. But she is trying to exercise this whole, I'm independent. Mm-hmm. I don't need you. I just like having you around. I like this topic, needing versus wanting. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I, the fact that Mimi Rose pointed out she's like I want you and that's a pure feeling versus me needing you when you need someone it can become very taxing yes you can pull away from the yum of what you guys have together and because she doesn't need him 
There is none of that, which is why he's so sweet to her. Mm. Why their dynamic is so yummy, minus the abortion stuff. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like, that, I can see them working out. First of all, she does need to share some information, especially something so big like that. Mm-hmm. Now, mind you, yeah. I don't want, I'm not going to ask you my, you know, how do you think I look every time I walk out the door? That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. What I'm doing at work, most guys don't want to know that crap anyway. How was your day? Oh, honey, well, my day was this, that, blah, blah, blah. They tune you out. Well, you still should, but the, no, that is information that you should share. Because when you start to feel like your partner doesn't care about that information, you, you know, you stop, you, you close off and you start sharing it with other people. I'm saying detailed. Detailed. How was your day? My day was great. Work was fine. You know what I mean? We're working on blah, blah, blah. We had a great girl show tonight. <laughs> I don't need to go into detail. You so know let what me I mean? tell you about Mimi Rose's abortion. Yeah, exactly. No, I get it. Exactly. I, get it. I understand exactly what you're saying. I do. I totally get that. But at the end of the day, I think that Mimi Rose is very impulsive, and she makes impulsive decisions. Just like moving in with him. Now she's having an abortion because this is their form of or her form of birth control. What's to say that she doesn't get pregnant next week and the next month and the next month and keep doing that and making that decision on her own if she doesn't think that she owes him at least that much of respect? Okay, now devil's advocate. And this is of my looking on the other side of the street and... I, I, me personally, I don't know how I'd handle this situation, but mm-hmm. then again, I wouldn't put myself in this situation. <laughs> you wouldn't get moving with Adam after a month? I wouldn't move in. <laughs> I wouldn't be having unprotected sex like that. You know, just like he said, I've never gotten anyone pregnant. This would not be me in this situation. So, um, with dating someone for only seven weeks, uh-huh. being Mimi Rose, if I was Mimi Rose, would I want to have that conversation with someone after seven weeks? Let's have a, let's consider having a child. So I don't think that she should have given him the option. I don't think that she should have proposed to him. Hey, how do you feel about this? I think that she should have said, at least, this is what I'm going to do. And either you can be okay with that or you cannot. But I don't think that she should have talked about planning a future and a life, you know, a childhood, you know, laying out. I don't think that she should have gone into that with him. I don't think that that's necessary. But when you're in a relationship, and this is where it's a fine line, because, no, she didn't want to have that conversation, but you owe your partner that conversation. Just like when you are horny and you want to mess with somebody else, give your partner that option. Hey, I'm starting to have feelings for somebody else as opposed to lying about it or getting caught, them finding out later. Now you've taken the choice away from them whether they want to be in a relationship with someone who's making that decision. Does that make sense? No, absolutely. Yeah, so I have a problem with her not sharing it with him first. If he was not okay with that, oh, well, you're going to make the decision anyways, but you share that information first. I mean, I can see, and this is the only reason why, like I said, I would not put myself in this position. Because I definitely don't think they should be having the baby. No, I don't think that she doesn't know him. He doesn't, he's very impulsive and like, I can see him saying, no, don't have the abortion, have the baby. And her being like, 
Uh, and now she's stuck with the baby. If she chose to keep it, but that is her choice. She, it's still, at the end of the day, it's still her choice. She just didn't want to have to deal with Adam's mouth about it. She already had her mind made up. She just didn't want to have to deal with the work involved with having to be honest and explaining to someone her point of view. She didn't want to have to justify what it is she was doing or be made to feel bad about it. No, and I can see why. I mean, she pretty much says to him, she's like, what are we going to do? We're going to put it in your toolbox and feed it sardines? Like, I think that she rationalized where they stand, where they're at, how not so stable they are. I mean, he was going to just leave <laughs> that morning. So, you know, I understand exactly what she was thinking. I know exactly where she was coming from. If you don't know where your relationship lies, and it is new, she probably didn't feel like they were in a position or where the relationship was going to be the following month. Obviously, he's in, he was ready to leave her for not having told him. So he's That's not a big in it thing. for the long haul. And then she sees, too, well, you kind of did just uh, move me in after breaking up with your girlfriend and not telling her that you have a new girlfriend so we already know how you operate as far as breakups are concerned you know so i think that she's looking at the big perspective and the overall picture and i understand her choice Mm -hmm. i do not agree with it though she should have shared it first itunes download us (laughs) rate us let us know what you guys what do you guys think this is probably one of the most controversial topics been honest on girls Yeah. yeah And and how would you how would you go about doing that, ladies, gentlemen who are watching? How would you like to be approached? Would you want to be approached? Um, Great questions, girls. Would you tell the guy after seven weeks, six months for sure, a year? Oh hell yeah, conversations need to be had. And the thing is, is that she was picking and choosing what she how how honest she wanted to be. So I felt like that was very hypocritical. Either you're going to be an honest person mm. or you're going to be a dishonest person. But don't pick and choose what information you are going to share because now the trust has been not just broken, but how can he trust anything that she says from here on out? I mean, she can lie about anything at this point or keep it from him. And so she's lied in the past with previous relationships and excluded him from this moment where she could have been honest and then wouldn't share anything else with him. I mean, I just felt like that was extremely hypocritical. You're still a dishonest person, Mimi Rose. <laughs> Damn. Okay, damn. Sorry. And okay. there you have it. <laughs> I had to let that out. Marty just told you. Because I'm sorry, that is like the one thing you cannot do in a relationship. That yeah. is like that changes the direction of where your relationship goes. Dishonesty. Oh, absolutely. And if you break that trust, which I feel like Mimi Rose has you know, it's it's going to be hard to bounce back from here. I mean, if, you know, she says that she's going to be home at 7, does that really mean she's going to be home at 7? How do we know that she's not having an affair, you know, with her uh, one of her students? I don't know. But I'm just saying that she's developing a bad pattern. And for those of you at home who are in a relationship, give your partner that choice of whether they want to stay in the relationship no matter how hard it is to be honest. Well, Adam is not exactly the most honest person in the entire planet when it comes to giving people a choice. I mean, we saw last week he didn't give Hannah a choice of, by the way, we're broken up. Yeah, I know. I so, mean, most of, the people, most of the characters on this show tend to be a little dishonest anyways. Yes, and for the first time... Um, in this episode, Hannah is really trying to find an honest place with herself, and I like that. She does some soul searching, and you know, she goes to therapy, <laughs> which I'm so happy to see. I'm such a big advocate of therapy, and the fact that she threw herself into therapy in this episode right after a breakup, right after leaving school, not meeting everyone's expectations, Jessa, mom, dad, whoever, Adam. Um, it was good to see her have that come to Jesus moment. 
of what am I going to do? Who am I? Where is my place? Where do I fit in? And, you know, in, in back and forth with her therapist, which is hilarious to me. Yeah. You know, he's like, it's so nice to see you handling this whole Mimi Rose situation. You're being stable. You're being mature. Yeah. I mean, he was throwing out these words that I feel like as a therapist, he, I, I think that they're supposed to do more listening and Mm -mm. he was very opinionated. And I feel like, was not coddling her, but stroking her definitely. I feel like he was stroking her ego. No. See, in therapy, uh, what winds up happening is this. I come to you and I say, Mari, I'm feeling sad. You're like, no, you're not feeling sad. You're feeling vulnerable. Or if I so say, they interpret I'm feeling vulnerable. What the person is saying. And it's like, well, no, actually, you're just raw. You're just going through this. They know human behaviors better than like you and I can comprehend why we're feeling this way. Okay, so he was dissecting her situation. And making it sound like, let's give it a positive spin versus let's keep you in a negative. Ah, okay. So in therapy, the, the, the key to therapy is to heal. Got it. He was trying. Okay, not that makes to, sense. Not to put down. It's it's let's take this moment of what you're going through and find the silver lining of the situation and how you can grow from it versus um let's keep you where you're at and let's just keep boohooing and crying. How can we get through today so you can move forward tomorrow? So he was helping Hannah feel better about her circumstances yes. and find the silver lining in the situation and how to move forward. Exactly. Okay, I can see that. Because I'm listening and I'm just thinking to myself, like, huh, he's really, you know, stroking her ego a lot. He's definitely, you know, complimenting her. And I I didn't know that, I didn't interpret it the way that you did. So I'm happy that you gave me, you know, that insight on it. Think of it this way. When Hannah was last in therapy, why did she get thrown into therapy? Her and Adam broke up. Tick started happening. She was doing things seven yes. times. She stuck a freaking Q-tip in her eardrum. Very destructive behavior to the point where it was harmful. So for her to be in the therapist's office after such a big, another big breakup with Adam and like a smack in the face one at that, um, for her to sit there, she was being mature. There has been progress. There is growth there for her, which is weird to say for Hannah and because there is That's why I, you know, maybe that was a growth moment for Hannah. And because I'm so used to her being immature and selfish, it was probably hard for me to digest her having those moments of maturity and growth. So maybe I'm the one that needs therapy. No, you know what it is? <laughs> She's she's still going to have those immature moments. And we see that when they're at brunch, uh, her friends all call her out and say that she's the most selfish person. Right. They give various examples. Her so, keeping the fire yes. hydrant in her own room. Exactly. Not sharing her Kit Kat. But, you know, in in you don't grow 100 or 200% overnight. It's little pieces at a time. It's like, okay, what can I do today to better myself at least one thing. So do you think that the therapist's interpretation of Hannah wanting to help people was accurate? That that is what this, you know, trying to please people came from? Um, I'm not sure if it was accurate, but it definitely put her in a direction, pointed her in a direction that was more positive for her to figure it out if that is the case. Because it's like, it's like, what did she say? Writing helped with change mm-hmm. and that's why she liked writing and it changed her opinion and her views on the world so 
that helped her, which in turn she wanted to help the world. Yeah, actually, yes, I think he did help her pull that out. And, you know, the fact that she's a people pleaser. Is she a people pleaser? She definitely, no. Because I feel like Hannah is very self-involved and doesn't think about anybody but herself when she's doing things. I don't think that she is aiming to please people. I think that she's aiming for the self-gratification you feel when you please people. And they brought up great points about certain people who do things that they say are, you know, for kindness or being altruistic. And really, it's because they like that high or the glorification that you get. And, you know, it's funny. That's the funny, twisty thing in therapy. For Hannah, she's saying, I'm a people pleaser. (laughs) The therapist in his mind is saying, "Mm, not so much. So how can we spin this so you feel like you are because you're in therapy and we want you to grow from this? So I think there's that in therapy, there's a balance and then it's like, how can we spin? So you don't feel like you're spinning to have it in a positive direction, which is where, you know, it's like, well, if you want to help people, how can you help people? And that's where we find her later on going and having brunch with her friends. And, um, which I love how Jess is like, what am I having brunch with a bunch of animals? (laughs) I mean, they really just are wretched to each other. I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but, you know, she she starts to realize, she's like, okay, well, what can I do to help people, you know, that's not selfish? Because everyone called her that says she's right. selfish, and I love Elijah. He's just so mean. He's he, like, well, based <laughs> on the way you look, you know, he and they start... threw out so many different things. I was, I didn't know what half of it. I'm like, what? Oh, no, they were great. Killed in a Lifetime movie. Um, what did he say? Shoshana said clog model. I, and uh, Jessa was like a, a clockmaker... Uh, you know, <laughs> they were just throwing out some random, random stuff. And the, the fact that Elijah actually said, you know, you can pretty much teach. And actually, Jessica said it best. She's like, those who can't teach or those who can't do teach. And that's a valid point for Hannah. So the fact that she was able to have this epiphany and figure out that teaching might be the direction for her to go versus let me sit and try to make this work, even though I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I think that's a positive thing. And, and teaching is helping people. And if it's doing it based on something that you love, if she's loving, you know, Jane Austen, if she's loving, you know, Harding and all these different authors and teaching little kids how to love it the way that she did or teaching adults how to love it. Well, not really adults, but like teenagers (laughs) or whatever, whoever's reading that style. Um, been a long time since I've been in school. Uh, that style of, of writing, that's helping. And I think that that for her would be very gratifying because it's like, wow, if I can find a student or two or three that are just ex- just as excited about what I'm passionate about, then that's, I'm winning. Then I'm absolutely winning. So I don't necessarily know if, you know, because Hannah's a floater, I don't know how long this is going to last. We see her, you know, walking into the school in order to, I think, apply for a job. I don't think she's applied yet. It looked like she had a resume in her purse and she was going to go drop it off or maybe going in for an interview. But we see on the previews that she is possibly going to be teaching a class. I don't necessarily know if I would want her teaching my child because I've watched Hannah develop throughout the years on HBO Girls. But just as far as She's still very naive to me. And so I don't know if she's the best person for the job, but we need more teachers. 
you know, and this is going to be something that I do think is healthy for her, or maybe we'll get her to the next step for understanding what it is that she wants to do with her life. I... I say let's get into predictions because <laughs> now I can just roll with that one. <laughs> let's just do some predictions. Okay. Now, I have to agree with you. I'd be, to a certain degree, I have to say, I would be concerned about Hannah teaching my child. But someone who is, you know, she can't do it. But she knows that she can or that she wants to, to teach someone how to do it or whatever. In the situations, in the, in the, is it Esquire or GQ magazine? GQ magazine. When she was working at GQ magazine, she contributed more to that table than those scholars that were around her, than her peers. Okay. And so I, it'll be interesting to see what she does have to offer to teaching depending on what age she's teaching. Okay, she has no experience with kids. She's emotionally unstable. She cried over a box of cereal that Elijah ate. You know how many emotionally unstable (laughs) teachers I had? I know, and guess what that creates? (laughs) Little emotionally unstable children. No, you just leave it out the door, and you focus on your passion and what you're good at. I feel like if if Hannah was capable of separating that and not bringing her emotions and worries to work, but... She's not. This is Hannah. Remember, she brings everything back to about Hannah. So I can just see the child like, hey, I don't understand what's going on or I don't get this topic. And she goes on, oops, a rampage about self. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I'm concerned. But at the same time, I'm kind of excited because it looks like Hannah is meeting one of the other uh, faculty members. Mm -hmm. And something's hopefully going to get hot and heavy. And I'm so excited that Adam sees her at the art gallery because he is going to get a taste of his own money. He's going to see Hannah with another man. And Cha-ching. A, and a slightly more successful one at that. Yes. Which, you know, growth. It's time to grow. Let go. Move on. Grow. But what's going to happen is he's going to be jealous. And he's going to be jaded from the situation that just happened with Mimi Rose and the abortion. And Hannah's going to start to look real good right now. And he's going to have some regrets. You Watch. know, we always want what we cannot have. Yep. And you know what? That's just as... I would say to kids, tough nuggies. <laughs> I'm sorry. You wanted it. You had it. You lost it. Move on. Next. With that being said. <laughs> so we predict, I predict, that Adam and Hannah are going to get into, Adam's going to be with Mimi Rose. Hannah's going to be with this, this new faculty member from mm. school. But they're at the same time going to hook back up and cheat on both of their partners with each other. Watch. And you want to know why I think Adam will want to be back with Hannah? Why? Because there's going to be an underlying bubbling resentment with Mimi Rose oh, over absolutely. this whole abortion thing. I don't th- I don't see him getting over it. She doesn't need him. She only wants him, which is great. Hello, most guys love, prefer that, I would say. <laughs> I would think. Um, but uh, it, there's a resentment there that is going to start to show. And because Hannah is someone that needs him and he knows that... Obviously, with her coming back, it's mm-hmm. because she needed him. Yes, I see them coming back full circle. Yep. I predict that as well. Full circle. Totally see that. Just like, you know, uh, Shoshana and Ray, they're eventually going to come back full circle. We just need to get little Shoshana a job first and out of dreamland of marrying, you know, Mr. Madam Tinsley. Soup. Maybe she will be Ray's campaign manager. You know? You know? I could see that happening. That could, that, that's a good prediction. Yes. I like that prediction. <laughs> 
Now, Marnie and Desi, where do uh, we see They're going to break up. They're, they're, they're absolutely going to break up. Because now he is, she's not looking at him the same way that she was before. And I don't think that she's being fair as far as the music is concerned. But because that's what brought them together, because they're going to see, there's going to be constant conflict with what their passion is and their mm-hmm. viewpoint, I think that eventually you know, they're going to end. But how do you think that's going to affect her music career, period? Like, in the long run, I think, I don't know. I think that that if she pushes him away too soon, she can kiss her career, her music career goodbye. Because she's just Marnie. He's got more backing. He knows more people. Yeah, there but she's is starting to feel herself. And don't get me wrong, I don't think that she can stand on her own yet. I don't yeah. think that she is even business savvy enough in the industry to do that. Um, but... I, it might not necessarily in their music career. It just might in their relationship. Okay. So they can stay in a partnership as in the profession, but maybe not stay together as a couple. I don't know. Are we'll they mature enough <laughs> to stay together for the sake of their music career? That is the question. We'll see. We'll see if they can you know, work without sleeping together. This is why you do not mix business with pleasure. Nope. Ever, ever, ever. Never, never, never. Never shit where you eat. <laughs> Sorry, you just can't. Um, okay, so yeah, I just I don't know. We'll see. We shall see where everyone goes next week. On yes, girls. and this I'm, episode was really good. I'm, I'm <gasps> I was pleased. Let us know what you guys think. Yes. Once again, download, go to iTunes, rate us, everything. Yes. Oh, and absolutely. You guys can play with my Twitter. Make sure you guys uh, play with my Twitter and stroke my Instagram at <laughs> spicy underscore Mari. S-P-I-C-Y underscore M-A-R-I. You can follow me on Twitter at Miriam L. Gonzalez or on Instagram at Miriam G1. And you can follow us here on AfterBuzz TV at AfterBuzz on Twitter. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, we look forward to another episode of Girls next week. Join us for some more fun next Sunday. Yeah, as so we exciting. Find out what happens with all these crazy, crazy kids. These girls, crazy girls. Wait, I just had a thought. What if it wasn't Adam's baby? Oh, what if she, snap. It could have not been Adam's baby. Okay, sorry, guys. but <laughs> Eight weeks. That's possible. It might not have been his. (gasps) iTunes, download us, rate us, tell us what you think. Do it now. Do it now. (laughs) All right, guys, until next week, join us the next Sunday for After Buzz. We will see you then. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.